Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Shedcast brought to you by Putting It Together. My name is Elaine McNichol, and I am here with you for the next few weeks, bringing you all of the backstage chat from the Shedinburgh Fringe. Each day, I will be having an after-show debrief with our artists after they have just performed in our shed. So I'm getting the chat just as soon as they come off come off stage, and I'm really enjoying chatting to everyone so far. Um, it's great to have the chance to to pick the brains of creative people um, and see what makes them tick. And, and what makes them want to write or create or perform it's 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 good for me kind of to get a bit of um, maybe even just a bit of inspiration from from people so it's wonderful we are on day two here at Shedinburgh and if you are just joining us welcome 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 to the party we have an absolute absolutely stellar lineup for you we have spoken word poets, comedians, plays, musicals, you name it, we have it all here at Shedinburgh. Kicking us off last night, we had Mark Thomas and Jeff Atkinson taking us through the best of the Mark Thomas comedy product live from our shed. And tonight, I have just watched Emma Dennis Edwards performing her one-woman show, Funeral Flowers. I was blown away by the honesty of the writing it was conversational but stylish at the same time and I felt myself being carried by the rhythm of the words when I was sitting in the audience I found myself finishing off the lines in my head often in fact never with the correct words but I found myself naturally folding into the language and and going with our character Angelique wherever she was going next. It was really interesting to chat to Emma about the production that was staged in Edinburgh versus what we saw in the shed today. Uh, What we seen today was a stripped back version where we only had the words and Emma. And for me it is really important when it comes to writing specifically for the theatre that it can stand alone that the other thing other things are important as well but they don't add to the story the story can be told just with the words and the artist anywhere and still pack the same punch and i think that's what we've seen today you could take that play and you could it could be in uh as it was in edinburgh it could be in a flat in edinburgh with 10 people as the audience or it could be done in a pub or it could be done in a a dark kind of space or it could be done in a large theatre with just the words and and I think it it, it would translate anywhere. Um, I, I really enjoyed chatting to Emma about the show, The Fringe and and most importantly about just trying to enjoy life which I think sometimes we, we can forget to do. Um, yeah so it was great, it's a really great chat and I'm looking forward to you all hearing it. If you haven't got your tickets yet, you must, 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 must get on to Shedinburgh.com and get them. That is an order. Well, more like a very strong recommendation, but still. We have a smashing lineup for you all and I don't want you to miss anything. So I don't want you to miss a thing. A wee bit of an Aerosmith reference for you all there. Anyway, now it is time for my guest of the day. It is Emma Dennis Edwards and we are putting it together. 
so I found Edinburgh quite hard. I, I did I did struggle, um, like many artists do. And I think um, it was my third time going to the festival. First time I'd gone as a wee kiddie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I was about 13 or 14 and kind of did a show up there. Um, I'm so old that it was during like Jerry Springer, the opera. Uh, while yes. that was in there um, so I didn't have very many lines and I um, had lots of costume changes so it was oh. like a fun experience and then the second time I went to you Edinburgh, were doing Jerry Springer the opera no I wasn't we were the show before it at the place. and what show was it oh what was it called it was called Soho Stories oh, okay and it was like the Pleasance Young Company so the Pleasance in London Young Company mm-hmm. used to take a show up every year I mean it's mainly just like uh, really posh kids from like Jags and Dulwich College and me and me (laughs) and then the second time I did a show at the Traverse that I hadn't written um so I was acting and that was really fun and then this time in Edinburgh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and then this time was quite different because we were um it was the first show that I'd written that I was acting in I've not done that before mm-hmm. um so I'd never I don't had I been in a solo I hadn't been in a solo show before um I'd never been anything been in anything that I'd written so I was like oh this is interesting mm-hmm. um so it was like I suppose it's quite different when you don't have like other cast people to like kind of hang out with and stuff yeah. or yeah so it was quite an intense experience but um I was very well looked after I had a day off every week unlike a lot of people who have like one day off for the whole festival Mm -hmm. so yeah I had you know I had a really really good time and I really enjoyed doing the show and that helps yeah so tell (laughs) us about the how it worked I understand it was in a flat so explain explain that to us so we were we were in a flat at the top of leaf walk Um, wow in fact it was ah now who is who wrote Sherlock Holmes? Whoever that person is, who like, stayed in their flat. Ah. Yeah, it was the flat that they used to live in in Edinburgh. Okay. Um, so it was huge. It was huge. It had like, you know, one of those Edinburgh flats with like eight bedrooms. Yeah. Crazy like that. And we'd kind of walk the audience through. So every act, they'd kind of leave a different kind of part of the room and like go follow me on this journey amazing so yeah we had like maybe nine or ten people in the audience that time so i very much thought and I was that like, was it at yeah capacity. that was it that was it at capacity and i was kind of like no one is going to watch this show um so i didn't expect it to do as well mm-hmm. as it did when it did go to it and was it a build-up of the show's filling or was it quite full right from the get-go yeah i think what happened with funeral flowers is we got reviewed quite early in the run mm-hmm. and I think that really helped so um I think maybe the second or third performance was reviewed and yeah. then they were like then you know once you've got a review and if it's a good one um then you know you start filling up quite quickly I think so Amazing. yeah we were really really lucky that we got reviewed really early and then the first like couple of days like most of our audience consisted of like people from the pleasants who were doing other shows you get like oh that's really cool about edinburgh you get like a pass for whatever venue you're in and then you get to watch all of their shows if there's space yeah um, so that was really nice well, that's nice that people are kind of supporting yeah. each other as well and, and filling thing. your early shows and stuff so how did the how did that compare to our lovely shed oh my gosh <laughs> i love the shed i love the shed um 
it felt very much like it was we were going back to our roots which was really really cute so mm-hmm. it was like ah oh, okay like small contained spaces an intimate kind of setting obviously it's going online so yeah there'll be loads of people watching but um like you know it felt like our nine mm-hmm. people again it was really fun i love the shed big up the shed <laughs> yeah and what about so was that this wasn't the first thing you wrote how long have no, you... No, no, it wasn't the first thing that I'd written. Um, so I started writing around 2013, 14, so it's a little while ago. And I was mainly writing for other people. So I was writing um, youth theatre shows. I was writing community shows. I was just writing, like, kind of stuff like that. And then, in fact, because Funeral Flowers beginning was... Um, I had... Uh, done the Royal Court Writers Group. I've done a couple of writers group, but I've done the Royal Court one. And um, I'd written this play, and I was like, hmm, they're going to produce my play. They absolutely <laughs> were not going to produce my play. Uh, but they did ask me to write a play, like a 10 minute play, mm-hmm. um, for like the local community in Tottenham. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. And I had to meet a member of the local community, a woman called Gina. And she was really interesting and she was kind of telling me her experiences of a criminal justice system and about her daughters who at the time were around the same age as Angelique in the play. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of where the idea came from. So it was a tiny little 10 minute kind of play okay. that was done in like, oh, they hired like, it was also like quite a small space. It was like a kind of like, what are those things called? Like a shipping container. Mm-hmm. like type thing so it was performed in a shipping container lots of things happen in shipping containers so these days happens. there's like food stalls in there like and murders. offices and, and murders and and murders if you watch uh, what's that show The Wire murders um, but um, <laughs> but no murders so yeah the show was done in that like, this shipping container bleak turn I did. Look at me. That was really fast. There's been a murder, Mr. Taggart. There's That's been a murder. See? There's I can't even do a good murder accent. Murder. Thing. Murder. It's the R. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> it's the R you want to be hitting yeah, there. The R is hard. For them, um, for future. Peter Amazing. Rob. Peter Rob. Peter Rob. <laughs> Amazing. So it came from, and then funeral flowers came from there. So, yeah. So this wasn't um autobiographical in any sense no, it was just no. complete fr- from experiences no, and different no so what for you is the most important thing that the audience take mm. from funeral flowers i think um that i suppose the main thing like when me and gina were talking about this is that she was really keen gina is your director gina no gina is who the who the community person who I was like speaking to in Tottenham um, and Gina Moffat um, who's businesswoman and amazing mm-hmm. and I think when we were first kind of getting the concept of it she spent a lot of time kind of going into schools and youth groups and talking to young women about how not to kind of go on the kind of path that she went to mm-hmm. so I suppose the thing that we really wanted to talk about is how how people end up in these cycles, how people end up in the criminal justice system and what that kind of looks like. And it's not always as clean cut, I think, as people think and kind of like Mm -hmm. the range of experience. So it felt really important for us to kind of like show 
that journey and also like you know everyone's coming of age story is different like some people's is a is a gap year in thailand and unfortunately angelique's kind of grown up story is slightly different mm-hmm. um so yeah i think that's the kind of thing we were trying to trying to achieve in this yeah. play <laughs> and i think that's so universal for a lot of mm-hmm. young women that experience of being um taken advantage of yeah unfortunately whether you're in mm. Angelique's position or you do go to your, yeah, your gap year yeah, in Thailand definitely. that's a kind of universal experience I think most women in fact I would say maybe all women could watch that show and think of an yeah. experience in their own life where I they think, think so. it wasn't that but it was this yeah yeah I think so and I think it's been really I think the big learning that I've had as a, as a writer is that it's okay to be very specific because mm-hmm. I suppose like the very core of this play where it began was like a play for people in Tottenham to kind of watch and be like oh that's interesting um, and being quite specific to that community that voice those people allows you to be universal do you know what I mean like there's people from all over who saw that show and like had like a really strong connection to Angelique and and the story of funeral flowers. So I think, as a writer, it, it really taught me like not to be afraid of being specific. It's cool. Like people, mm-hmm. people get on board the train. They'll get it. Yes, and one thing from watching that, there is no fear mm. in anything that you have written. You're not trying to dress anything up. Yeah. It's not even the language is so specific and it's so clear, and you're getting you know hit by things just. It's the honesty oh, of the writing. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because you you kind of you want to be truthful. You want to be truthful, you know, as an actor and a writer. You, you know, you want to like kind of present the truth. But you also, I think, want to look after your audience. And I think that mm-hmm. is always the tricky, 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 tricky balance. Um, we had a lot of thought, especially when it came to trigger warnings and stuff like that, mm-hmm. in terms of the show. Um, because I'm I'm kind of in the school that you know what happens in the play is like a, like a, a, a twist, but the twist shouldn't be um, at the kind of expense of your audience's safety, um, and so I had to be quite. We we in fact we're all on the same side mm-hmm. on that in terms of like the funeral flowers team, like how we look after audiences. Yeah, and I think that's you're telling a story that needs to be told. And actually, mm. there's there's a lot of stuff out there that doesn't have trigger warnings on it that should. Yeah, it's just basically pornography, whether it's pornography yeah. for violence or sexual violence or yeah. whatever else. But you're telling a story that is that, in, and there you are looking after your audiences and talking about trigger warnings. But that is a story that needs to be told. Yeah, for all women. Yeah, universally. Yeah, young women coming of age, and you don't you don't have a clue you don't have a clue what's no, coming you for you that until you're you in don't. it and you're like whoa what's happened no you don't and I think it's it I think as well sometimes we don't quite realize the situations that we were in until mm-hmm. afterwards and I think yep. that's also quite a difficult reality for a lot of women yeah. as well as an adult, you look back on some situations and you go, yeah, that was, and especially when, you know, if there's drink involved mm-hmm. or drugs involved or mm-hmm. whatever else is involved, you look back and you go, oh God. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, but I think it was, it's so, it's really like deftly 
dealt with in a really honest way. So what has been a a defining moment for you with Funeral Flowers? Ah, there's been so many. Um, I think... uh, I will never forget. We had quite a quiet show one day. It was quite a quiet show. Um, And it was this lovely, like, these two couples, um, like, kind of middle-aged, like, just older than middle-aged, like, retired, and kind of popped in to see the show. And I just, like, managed to have, like, a little chat with them afterwards. And they were both social workers who had, who were retired, but had worked in Rotherham. So it was really interesting, like, kind of, like, getting that perspective of the show and they'd kind of just wandered in uh because you know they came to Edinburgh really for the comedy and then Mm -hmm. they were just kind of like oh yeah we saw this and like flowers like I've been doing a floristry course and I'd I just thought I'd have a look at it and didn't really read much about Mm -hmm. it she goes but it felt really like she was just very much like they were just saying you know it just felt very much like things that they'd seen and kind of Mm -hmm. they're like you know we've met that girl so many times um And I was like, ah, oh, love that, love that. Um, love having audiences that are slightly uh, not our traditional theatre audiences. It's mm-hmm. really, really fun. Really love that. Um, of course, you know, um, while we're in Edinburgh, we did we did win some awards. That was very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice dress. Um, it's also nice. Some awards. Yeah, that it's was also <laughs> nice to get. Of course, it's nice. Who doesn't like getting awards? I was like, oh, I've never. Do you know what? I've never had one, so it was quite fun. I was like, oh, I've never had an award, so it was very nice to get. Um, uh, we got a French first, amazing, and I got a Philippa Bracanza award uh, for best solo female solo performance, um, and that's a really special award um, after a, a performer, a wonderful, wonderful actress called Philippa Bracanza who um like lost her life um a couple of years ago um so that was that meant a lot I love that yeah. award um and some cool people have won it before as well so like so Thomas who got it for salt and I was like Ooh, well, yeah cool. you're like yeah I'm good I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so that felt really really lovely and of course like transferring it to London because I did have Where that did thing come, oh my god was in London we went to the bunker we went to the Roundhouse, went to the Hackney Empire, we did the Free Word Centre, R.O.P. Bless you guys. Um, we did uh, We did go back to Tottenham, we went to Bernie Grant's Art Centre as Great. well. So, because I was very much like, there is a little bit of a thing, I would say, in London. When a show does quite well in Edinburgh, there's a bit of a like, let's see what the fuss is about uh, do you know oh. what I mean let's see, let's see what this is so I was like a little bit nervous that like because mm-hmm. our Edinburgh audiences were so lovely they were yeah. so nice I was like quite worried about London audiences being a bit like mm-hmm. uh, but they were all very nice Amazing. and we had lovely audiences and quite rightly so they Yay. should have been nice it's a bloody great great piece oh, so thank you <laughs> and so the funeral flowers where do the flowers come from Gina so Gina um uh, as well as like kind of having experience with the criminal justice system her first business was a floristry business Lovely. so she does floristry for events and stuff like that and I'd love so, to be a florist oh my gosh it'd be cool right it's, it's such a nice work, job though. yeah it's such a lovely job though it's I can imagine like work. Amazing. hard work <laughs> you're like not for me I don't think I could do it it's such hard work like you know like actually physical like mm-hmm. work um so that was where the idea originally came from and then spent a lot of time talking to florists and gardeners 
and getting a sense of the job and like the history of flowers and stuff like that that was really fun and am i right in thinking that at the beginning of the the one in edinburgh you were like cutting flowers yeah up yeah yeah like we that. had that flowers really interesting yeah we had lots of flowers um so yeah constantly smell of like rotten flowers no no that was great because we had lots of like really good i think freddie's flowers were really great at mm-hmm. like donating oh lovely yeah so like it was really useful for the environmental impact because basically what happens like when the flowers aren't aren't fresh or can't be put out they just get rid of them and oh so. it's like anything it's like oh just, we're basically just basically just being alive makes you a drain yeah. on the planet it's so hard it is hard and <laughs> I, I I mean I love flowers and like you know I buy them for myself I mm-hmm. buy them for other people I love flowers it's been quite well. nice in lockdown I've sent so many flowers to people just to cheer people <laughs> what is your favourite flower uh, I am a sunflower girl so sunflower would be my top one I love sunflower. I love sunflowers in fact do you know what it wasn't always sunflowers what was it? It was daffodils at one point. Oh, that's a rogue choice. Yeah, it was that's, daffodils. That is quite rogue. So it was daffodils at one point, kind of like the spring, new beginnings. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big the big kerfuffle with having flowers and having fresh flowers in a show is that flowers are seasonal. So I remember being in Edinburgh and the tulip situation. Oh, my God. So we had to like... <laughs> tulip gate. Yeah, it was terrible because they're not in season in August. So we literally had to, I think we had to buy some from Holland. I think we did actually order Mm -hmm. some from Holland. And we had to kind of keep them in the fridge to kind of keep them fresh Mm because it was quite expensive. It was was bloody hard. (laughs) Bloody hard work with those flowers. It was hard work with the flowers, yeah. Those li- these living things like what these living things that won't stay alive just stay alive <laughs> and so at one point in the piece you talk about the house the kind of dream house mm, which mm-hmm. is obviously symbolises a dream yeah do you have maybe not the dream house but mm. the the equivalent of Angelique's dream oh house oh god no I think she's much more ambitious than I have. <laughs> actually she's like she's she's so ambitious yeah. um in a way that I maybe I'm not um mm-hmm. but I think yeah what is the I'm always like the dream is like good health and like having fun I'm so dedicated to having a good time mm-hmm. it is fucking crazy are we allowed to swear on this of course you can okay. <laughs> you have a fucking good time <laughs> Yeah, like I've, I've massively like, kind of artistically as well, just been like quite dedicated to really doing work that I enjoy, that I love, that I care about, and I think that is the the big dream for me, for that to continue, like to be able to create art that I really really love mm-hmm. is the dream, um, much more than any kind of like material kind yeah. of stuff. The dream job is not to work, really, isn't it? <laughs> the dream job is to just live and just create and just make beautiful memories and, mm-hmm. and travel and do that. Um, so I feel very, very fortunate that I have a job that allows me to, to do that. Amazing. Mm. Well, thank you so much thank for you. talking to me. It's I've been, loved it. It's been really great chatting <laughs> to you. And see maybe see you yes. see you in the future oh my god see what, yes. see what else um, although I'm scared to go to Edinburgh because I feel like I've won it so I don't know if I can go back go back and win it again I, I had no choice what's, if I say, went back what's I that old anything. saying like when you win something once go back and win it again and just keep winning it this is it we'll have to talk to Francesca be like, yeah. babe <laughs> let's get up to this new show <laughs> I need to win some stuff <laughs> thank you so much thank for talking you. to me Emma thank, thank you, you.
that was my chat with Emma Dennis Edwards, the writer and performer of Funeral Flowers. It was really great to connect with Emma and get her, get a bit of insight from the writer about the themes of the piece. I thoroughly enjoyed it. If you have missed the first two days of Shedinburgh, do not miss any more. Get yourself onto Shedinburgh.com and get your tickets. You can only watch the performances on the day. They are they are on the schedule and then they're gone. There is no streaming here at the Shedinburgh Fringe, so don't miss any more. Coming up in the next few days, we have Iphigenia and Splot by Gary Owen and Harry Hill's Noise. None of these should be missed. Get onto Shedinburgh.com and get your tickets. And tomorrow, live from our shed, we will have Madame Overy by Rosa Hesmanhal. I have been wanting to see this show for such a long time. And so I was absolutely buzzing when when I seen it on the schedule. Um, so I'm thoroughly looking forward to tomorrow night. So that's it for another episode of Shedcast, brought to you by Putting It Together and the Shedinburgh Fringe. Cheerio, folks!